Crafters, and if you think you had started the same episode over again from before, no, you didn't. We're doing a back-to-back because it's a holiday weekend, and this is the window that we both had to do it, you know, the way things were coming up for this week. And so it's Dan, it's JP. I'm still congested because it's an hour and a half after the first time I said I was congested, so that hasn't changed. I am pumping my body full of all the wonderful vitamins I can get a hold of because I try not to take too many uh, over-the-counter things or whatever while I'm doing this stuff. We'll see if i got to dig into the decongestant category. And let me tell you real quick, JP... There's two different kinds of decongestants out there. For those of you, this is this is my WebMD take of the day. There's the ones that have got that you can just grab from the little little shelf that's got the the PE on it, the phenylephrine. And then there's the ones you have to go up to the counter for, especially in Michigan, because they think you're gonna make meth with it and get the pseudoephedrine stuff. Look, I'm sorry. Oh, way to stereotype Michigan. Look, it is it's a it's a thing. You have to show your ID when you go up to the countertop. It's not even a stereotype, it's Jeez. literal process but and also west michigan's a little more so maybe than lansing i don't know but at any rate uh, you got to get the stuff that's got the ephedrine and i'm sorry the other stuff just does not work and it's actually been something that came out recently this year i think that says oh by the way this stuff doesn't work so i'm really glad that i was on board with that one but so far i haven't had to take any of it we'll see where the rest of the day takes us that is completely not what we're going to talk about i think you spent the first minute and a half ranting mm-hmm. about my condition so thanks for humoring me how are you feeling today sir you know, I felt decongested, but I just make a hot toddy and I'm good. That's how you, you that's go. what you need right there. Michiganders need the <laughs> bourbon. Fair. All I right. think I decided I didn't want to do that at, uh, you know, 1052 in the morning. So it, well, I didn't admittedly, it is I did a holiday weekend. Night. It is a football Saturday. So maybe uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea to, to jump in. Yeah, on the that. Lions we talked, today. They do. We talked about uh, the, uh, the college world earlier today, and it's going to be a great day of college football. With all of the bowl games, the Peach Bowl, the weirdly early Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl at 4 p.m. Yeah. just seems strange, but yep. that's what happens when TV gets a hold of games. And so that'll be the 4 o'clock game because the 8 p.m. game is where There's the big the Lions boys are and playing. Cowboys. Lions and Cowboys, and that is going to be massive. And those are two teams we're going to talk about a little later on because this is the episode where you and I get into it and talk about what these teams need. And we're at the end of the regular season, right? The tail end, the last couple of games here. So we should have a pretty good feel for where teams are at, who's going to hang around, who's coming back next year, and what these teams actually need to make themselves better going into 2024. So why don't you start us off like we usually do when we're doing these kinds of things in the AFC North with your bungles, trying to figure out what in the world they need, because it seems like they might need a couple of things. Yeah, and last time I talked about the couple things that they truly desperately need. That's offensive linemen, specifically a tackle, to keep sure. Joe Burrow upright. And as I said, the tight end is the luxury pick that matches a huge need. So, um, But I'm not going to sit and go down that road again, so I guess I'm going to go further <laughs> deeper in the draft and talk about what they need. And you know what's crazy? Having just come off from the previous episode an hour ago, right, for a deeper need for the Bengals and to get some pressure off from Joe Burrow in case he gets in a bind, assuming he, he's good to go and can play, how crazy cool would it be if they just struck gold on Jonathan Brooks, put him there, kept him in orange, <laughs> slightly worse shade of orange, because let's be honest, sure. the burnt orange is better. It's awesome. Yes, it is. But um, what if they got him there because he's coming off from the knee injury, bridged him for a year with Mixon before they – 
you know, sailed Mixon off into the sunset, if you will. Jonathan <laughs> Brooks in that offense would just be crazy cool. He might not like that O-line, but oof. But again, maybe they address the O-line early on, and maybe they can get him on day two. You know what I mean? Like, that would be an awesome fit, and that'd be a, a, a team that's already pretty darn good. That Obviously, this year's record doesn't suggest right. that, but getting richer, if you will. You know, because that's a player who should be going way higher than where he's going to go. I think we both can agree on that. This seems like a good combo for them. Yeah, I mean, getting a guy like Brooks in the third round, potentially, but also addressing at least, because again, when you look at this team, uh, and obviously they're, they're your guys, so I'm not going to you know try to come in here and, and say anything you don't already know. They don't have anybody on their offensive line that has been anything above, just slightly above Oh, average. I know. That's the biggest need. That's what I'm saying. I just didn't want to have talked about it last time. That's the first round. Yeah. We can both agree that with a pick that's looking like it's going to sit right around the, you know, 17 to 20 ish range, they'll be able to get one of the top maybe five or six tackles. I'm just saying that because you think there's so many good ones. The the only way they don't do that is if for some reason somehow Brock Bowers is there at the 16, 17 range. Yeah. Which if he's there, okay, I kind of get it. Right. If but other happens, than that, you got to go tackle. Yeah. Agreed. The Cleveland Browns, I mean, look, they don't have a, as much of a tackle problem. Uh, I think I actually removed that from their list. I think that while they can definitely get better at that position, I don't think it's as much of a need. They, they still need uh, a little bit of help at running back, a little bit of help at wide receiver, and a little bit of help at corner. Those are kind of still in my, my maybe categories, right? But the definite thing that they need, because uh, they don't have anybody opposite Miles Garrett right now, that is a long-term play for them. You you do see, I mean, Zadarius Smith has been good, but he's on the other side of 30. So it's just, when you look at opportunities to pick up players that make a difference on your team, um, Edge is definitely one of those spots that they can target in the first round. Uh, defensive interior line is a spot that they can target in the first round. And linebacker. All of those, and it's on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think their offense is all that broken right now. Uh, it doesn't, I mean, the fact that Joe Flacco has come in and is lighting things up at 38 when we thought he was completely washed, really what it was is we we, we should have reminded ourselves that he was playing for the Jets last year, so of course he looked washed. So when you're playing on a competent offense that just needed a quarterback that was healthy and not shaking off two years of rust from, you know, interesting personal choices, there you go. The interesting thing, too, the funny thing for me, JP, is the fact that the Browns have shown that they can run a solid offense with Joe Flacco. So what in the world is going on with Deshaun Watson, right? We'll see what happens next year. That man might have just pulled the biggest dupe in NFL yeah. history with that contract. Good for him, obviously, and for his family. Okay. But uh, not good for the Browns. That being said, I've said all of this stuff. You know what the funny part is out of all of this take, JP? What you got? They don't have a first-round draft pick. Because yep. it's Houston's. So all yep. the stuff that I just said, they're going to have to wait till the second round before they can action any of it. But I definitely say defensive line is still where the Browns need some help outside of Miles Garrett, who's having an amazing season. Because he's not human. He is. Um, he's an alien. Yeah, he's crazy. Like, he'd um, be If they were still making Men in Black movies, he'd get a cameo somewhere, right? He's, he <laughs> should. Like I say, all the buzz about... All the other edge rushers, you know, even Hutch. I mean, I, I'm i sorry. Mm-hmm. I still think Garrett's the best. But anyhow, sure. off to Pittsburgh. Uh, well, it, I'm never, ever going <laughs> to stop with how much they need offensive tackle. Sure. Or any old lineman in the, you know, 
But uh, cornerback was another big need. But I guess where I was going to go other than cornerback was where should I – what need should I talk about, Dan? Should I talk about Which the, one you the need on? for quarterback? I think I can't do that because I've been the Kenny Pickett hater all year. Ever since he was drafted, right. I think I've been the Kenny Pickett hater. So I'm not going to do that today. I'm I gonna think talk they're going to stay with him for one more year. <sighs> Sorry, Pittsburgh. Um <laughs> I'm going to go and talk about how when I think of Pittsburgh, I can't help it. It was way before my time. But I when I think when you say Pittsburgh, I still automatically think Jack Lambert and Jack Ham. Okay? Sure. A lot of people probably think Joe Green, but either way, I just think linebackers. And maybe that just goes because if you're actually talking about my childhood, I I think about like LeVon Kirkland and stuff like sure. that, you know, and then Lamar Wait. Woodley. Are you saying you don't think about Alandon Roberts and Cole Holcomb? Uh, exactly, and Dan. Juan Alexander. Uh, exactly. So if they stick with Pickett, and then they go and grab an offensive lineman like they should in the first, I personally think, even though cornerback's probably a bigger or more important need, if you will, why grab the fourth, fifth, sixth best corner mm-hmm. in the second round when you could grab the best linebacker, the first linebacker taken in the second round? Because we don't know that there's anyone going in the first at this point, but. Sure. Dude, tell me if they grab an offensive tackle and then get a Jeremiah Trotter Jr. or something like that in the second <laughs> round. Tell me that's not fun. Oh, that'd be great for them. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to to see whether or not he's there when they're picking at forty eight. He might be. I feel like that's uh, might he might go off the board before then. But that's kind of in that ballpark, so it should be interesting. I think Pittsburgh's you know best world would be something like that where they can grab a impact player on the offensive line first and then somebody like that because again it does seem like when you look at their uh their you know grades again if you look at the way that the team's breaking down linebacker i mean alandon roberts actually is having an above average season but he's the only one that's really shown that he's he's a potential guy going forward for that team totally agree with you baltimore well the quarterback situation seems like it's fine right guy might win another mvp uh but when you look at that's kind of in spite of the fact that they could still use some help on the line. And it, it, we're going to talk about this, dude. We, we do this every time. We kind of remind people. We believe in building through the trenches. We think that's the best way to put your team on a solid footing. So we're going to talk about a lot of teams needing offensive line help just because of the nature of where we tend to focus on the stuff. That being said, for the most part, the line is decent in uh, in Baltimore. I mean, Tyler Linderbaum has been great at center and moving that conversation forward for him when he's been playing. Uh, and then uh, Ronnie Stanley's been all right is really the one area where you could sit back and say between him and Patrick Mercari, they could look at upgrading in the tackle spot. But uh, when you look at the needs that this team still has, dude, wide receiver is still one of them because Rashad Bateman, I can't, I cannot see them picking up his fifth year option uh, outside of Zay Flowers. You've got Odell Beckham has been nice to see this year playing well, but he's again on the other side of 30. So wide receiver still a need. I'd say running back is a need, but I'm terrified to suggest that because they should just not have a running back on their roster. They should, whatever player that is kind of a running back should be listed at wide receiver or at tight end or something just so that maybe they don't tear an ACL or an Achilles. Because it seems like if you have running back on your label and you play for Baltimore, you will get hurt. It's the weirdest thing going on in the NFL right now, Uh, but that's still a need for them. Uh, And then also edge rusher is another area where they could definitely look at upgrading that position because while they have Clowney has been playing nice, but Clowney's old. Odafe Owe has been playing nice, but he's bigger. I mean, Justin Matabuike is their top pass rusher, and he is a interior tackle. The second guy in sacks, we talk about Clowney, but again, 
older. The third guy is Kyle Van Noy, who has been a fun player to have on your team, but if he's one of your top pass rushers, you might have to find somebody else to help you out as well. So in the first round, I really feel like depending on where they end up picking, which is going to be at the back end of the first round, there might not be a guy that you want to take at the edge rusher position at that point. There might not be a wide receiver, but there definitely could be a corner that could help them out as well there. So those are the three position groups I think Baltimore needs to target in the first round, but they also might be picking 30 or 31 or 32. Yeah, but the good thing is Baltimore's got a luxury of just kind of taking the best player that falls to them. Yep. They're always All right. I'm going to take it to in a whole other division now, Dan. (laughs) Let's go south. I'm going to talk about the Tennessee Titans, only a little bit south of us. (laughs) Um, Hey, we can get there today. Tennessee, I think Tennessee is just set up so beautiful for exactly what they need where the draft is going. I think I talked about this last time, but I mean – where they mm-hmm. where they projected to pick like right now isn't it like six or seven? As of right now, they're seven. Seven. So think about it, dude. By the time the draft rolls around, all three of these quarterbacks are probably going in the top five picks. I'm Likely. Okay, and then you also have Marvin Harrison Jr. who's going in the top five picks, and then you got right. the two tackles, Olu and Alt, who are going in the top five picks. That can't happen. I get that. The math did not match up. <laughs> so True. what I'm getting at is. They very well could have one of the top tackles there, and they could go that route, but I think they'd kind of maybe be crazy to do it because all I'm getting at is they're, like, guaranteed. If they're picking seven, they're guaranteed to sit there and say, hey, do we like a Dunze or do we like neighbors? You know? Sure. We could grab one of them because we're going to pick early in the second and we can go offensive line there. Mm -hmm. So uh, the draft is set up pretty damn perfect for them, but – (laughs) <laughs> I just I don't I know I talked about that a little bit last time, but it's just too enticing. It seems too easy with them. So I'm going to mm-hmm. do a little smaller take on what I guess I think they should do beyond that. And it gets a little interesting. I th- I know they got some bigger needs than this one, but I just feel like the way the board's going to stack up. I mean, because cornerbacks probably a better need, tight ends definitely a a, a bigger need, not better need. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But when you get in the third round, we talked about this tight end class is not great. So you're not going to want to take the tight end. By the time you get to cornerbacks in the third round, well, these are developmental guys. I just feel like you could get a defensive lineman, an interior guy, to go with Jeffrey Simmons that could probably start or at least contribute and rotate in and out. So, But the thing is, is I don't don't know who, like – who you say is going to go there. I mean, we know it's not going to be Jazan Newton. We know that, right? Right. But do we really like somebody's in overdraft? Uh, my guy from Miami, yeah, who, I, who I've cooled either, off either. on. No, so now we're talking like, dude, they could get a Chris Jenkins. Would a I don't think either one of the Texas boys should be there. Definitely not in no. the third. I don't think they will be. But like, what about that? What if it was Chris Jenkins? What if you walk out of this draft with an Odunze, uh, a Patrick Paul, and a Chris Jenkins? Yeah, that's a pretty solid draft. I mean, you could also see. I don't know if that's number possible. But I think it, the third round though, it's not likely. Maybe I don't know. Right, I do feel like the third round is going to have some value pick in that interior defensive line spot. Because I do I too. Think I just don't a guy like Howard it. Cross could be there. Tyler Davis could be yeah. there. The two I talked about today on the other show, Horo uh, Horo Wingo, could be there. So there's a lot of potential. And again, yeah. whoever they're picking is going there with one of the better interior defensive linemen yeah. that I think we both like in the league in Jeffrey Simmons. So it's an ideal spot for them to pick somebody Everything to compliment for him Tennessee because Tennessee's going well. Which is great for them, given how they were coming into the season. We were thinking this team might be a dumpster fire, and they kind of have been this year. Because they did it to but, themselves. 
100% they did it to themselves. You know why they did it to themselves? Well, you can tell everybody. No, they know. They know. They traded AJ Brown. Brown. I'm saying it. They traded AJ Brown. I'm trying to figure out how they have good (laughs) karma all of a sudden. Yeah, well, you know, maybe maybe they've had their penance for their core that they should have been able to contend for Super Bowl with falling apart because they did it to themselves. So now, you know, the, the football gods are being nice to them and saying, try again and don't screw it up this time. We'll see what happens. Hey, they're going to get a chance to draft a really good wide receiver, so see if they can get it right this time. Again, no offense, Traylon Burks. You're a good complimentary piece, but you had to replace A.J. Brown, and no one's going to replace A.J. Brown. All right, next team on our list as we go through the South. Uh, you know what? Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. I was just in Indianapolis a couple days ago and uh, got to hang with some Colts fans that were super annoyed with me if I made any any comments about their team that they didn't appreciate. Uh, but again, I, I actually don't mind the Colts. I don't mind uh, who they have at quarterback. Like I've talked about Gardner Minshew, love him. Anthony Richardson, big supporter of him, want him to work out. I uh, hope he comes back healthy and you know maybe they don't run. One of my friends is like, yeah, I'm terrified every time a quarterback runs. I'm like, yeah, fair. I think that that's a safe bet, especially for your team, because you're going to have a running quarterback that has gotten hurt already running the football. So, you know, that's a whole other thing to, to, to deal with. When you look at what they need, uh, they don't need a quarterback, so that's good. Their O-line is better than I expected it to be this year. Of course, fire up chips. Bernard Ryman has been playing well. Uh, and then the guy that I ripped all of last year, Will Fries, has at least been above average right now. There's still an opportunity to potentially upgrade a little bit of that but they seem like their offensive line has solidified so that's encouraging uh wide receiver outside of uh really what they've got with they picked up josh downs and he's been nice to see but a guy that you and uh a few other people i think were were a little bit higher on last year coming into the draft uh or maybe it wasn't you maybe it was uh our, our one of our other buddies but uh you know mr uh you know mr alec pierce is not really yeah that was brad brad in yeah, Brad Brad was high on him, and that has not worked out for Brad. Uh, and it's just he's he's a six three, two hundred twenty pound guy. So you think he's going to be good? And he just hasn't. He might be an okay third option, which is what he's been this year. But he still only has thirty one catches. He's still only catching about half the passes that are thrown to him, and that's not a great sign. It either means he's not getting separation or or something with the hands or whatever. But Josh Downs got sixty three catches. Michael Pittman's got ninety nine right now. So that's the spot where they could really use a third guy that's <coughs> more reliable than what they have right now. But again, that's not even a focus in the first round. Edge rusher could be a good thing too. They can really use a tight end, and I don't think they're going to take one obviously in the first round because now with the way their season's been going, they're sitting at twenty. So Brock Bowers isn't going to be there, and I don't think Sanders is someone you're taking at this point in uh, in the draft. Uh, but they could also use interior D-line, which I think is the area between that and safety. I think those are the two spots where you could see them take somebody. Safety might be a little bit high, but some of those guys in the interior D-line, but some of your Texas boys maybe, uh, could be an interesting pick to make right around sitting at 20. But I think that is the spot they can focus on, maybe even corner as well. But it's definitely in the defense, and it's definitely those areas. All right, Jacksonville. So... I've, I, again, to your point, it's always O-line with us, and they do need it, and it's always been DB with them because I've been saying it for two years now. <laughs> so debate the board's been breaking down lately. Heck, there's a chance Cooper DeGene could drop to them, and that would be there just a dream for them. But um, I'm not going to talk about those two because I talked about them last time. So here's what I want to say. I, dude, even 
over one of those positions because like I don't I know they need the O line, but like on paper, why does their O line just always seem better than what it's actually playing? <laughs> like so, I, I don't know. Maybe they just need to develop. Who knows? But if they decided to go a different direction other than one of those two early, man, if they grabbed one of the top tier interior D linemen in this, I just think mm-hmm. that would make a ton of sense. Because, I, I, dude, well, I liked both Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma, and, well, they grabbed both of them. What does a <laughs> right. solid interior D-line do? It frees up your linebackers just to do linebacker-like things so right. they can just chase the ball and not worry about the middle of the defense, like the mm-hmm. interior middle of the defense. So I just, I, I'm not sold on any of their interior D-line strengths. but um, Which is true. I... Just think it could be a ton of fun, but the interesting thing is, is like, is it Devondre Sweat, one of the bigger, like, clogger guys, even though he does have some pass rush ability? The guy you go for, is it a Brandon Doralis or something like that mm-hmm. who's more of a penetrating? I don't know. I don't think they can go wrong. I just think you go after a D lineman to truly free up and unlock the talent that you have at linebacker that I don't think has really shown. So, well, and that's I think when you're talking D line would be an awesome need for them. Right, and when you're talking about that kind of a player, that's where Devondre Sweat might be a fun one. I know, obviously, you're a huge fan of him. We're going to mock him to a bunch of teams. But that is a space-eating guy who literally would be there to grab a couple blockers, occupy them, and then you've got free lanes for your linebacker. So definitely be a fun spot for them. But I don't want him to go there because I would think he might be a good fit for the Houston Texans. Just keep him in Texas, man. Ship him down a little south and east and uh, and let him stay in Texas. Because right now, when you look at the Texans – Again, quarterback was the big question mark coming into the season. It seems like C.J. Stroud has put that to bed in a hurry as, yeah, let's be honest, by the end of the season, probably the best Ohio State quarterback to ever play in the NFL. <laughs> so it gives you an idea where that track record's at. But they could use different things, man. They could use safety. They could use edge rush. They could use some O-line interior help. They could use a running back that's you know healthy. Uh, they could use another wide receiver because those guys don't seem to stay healthy, even though they have with Dell and Collins a really start really solid foundation. But when you look at this team, they definitely need help at linebacker, and they definitely need help at interior defensive line. And they're not going to get a linebacker this year. Uh, in the they may be because Cleveland's playing as well as they are because they're picking like towards the end of the first round. You could see him sneak a linebacker in there. But man, if Sweat is sitting there at twenty seven somehow, right in front of Detroit at this point, right now with the way the order set up, I'd uh, be curious. Oh, yeah, you'd be furious, but it'd also be a great pick for, for these guys, like a, a big space-eating interior lineman. But that's what they need. If they can get an interior lineman to really shore up that and, and put some, somebody next to Will Anderson and really help them out with the run game and eating up some blocks, that's that would take this Houston Texans defense to another level. Well, I'm going to go to my Patriots, and it's going to be a quick take, so that means it's <laughs> going to be a long take because that's what always ends up happening when I say that. But, Dan, before I do the take, what are the Bears doing? I feel like they're going to (laughs) keep fields, but if they keep fields, are they trading that pick or are they just saying, screw it, we're taking Harrison? Dude, it is such – again, it really comes down to what you think is going to happen versus what we would do. You and I would trade fields, pick a quarterback, or maybe not. Maybe we wouldn't both be on a quarterback, but I feel like that team is – is definitely in a position to where they're a quarterback away from being interesting. And Justin Fields doesn't feel like he's Justin. Again, it comes down to he always Justin shows Fields. Flashes. And again, we're not doing a Bears take right now. Justin Fields in his contract versus a rookie on a rookie contract. We could do the Bears and the Patriots all at once and just skip the Bears later because I feel no, like we'll not I don't skip know. the Bears later. 
Well, because we're doing it now. <laughs> but, well, I guess all, the only thing I'm going with here is I refuse to do a deeper knee for the Patriots because it really is best player available, and their quarterback play is awful. Right. And I, I just I know they're going to take one. So despite whether I think that's the right decision <laughs> or not, mm-hmm. we may as well just accept that. But I guess they keep doing dumb things and losing their draft position. But I don't know if I'm even upset about it, because while I like <laughs> Drake May the best for the quarterbacks in there, right. I admit that, you know, there's risk with all of these quarterbacks, as there always sure. are. So, like. How cool is it? Like, what if what if Chicago goes Caleb Williams one and Arizona gets Harrison? And then what if Washington says, yeah, Sam Howell, he did, we admire what he did, but you know what? We're going to take Drake May. And right. then what if, what if the Patriots sit there and just take the guy that's got the crazy ceiling, but he's a toothpick and kind of scary, but can, you know, be the true dual threat quarterback and do all kinds of crazy things. It'd be a different style of football in new England than what we're used to. And I, but the reason being, the reason I'm saying that is look at some of the backup quarterbacks that they've taken some shots at lately. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's something that makes them want to maybe go that route and try to go a dual threat, like QB thing. I mean, I don't know. Cause I don't know, but it's Jaden Daniels. I guess is what I'm getting at. Like right. what? Like and you know you you were higher on him naturally because you cover the team, so you were watching him more closely than I was. But like, right? And you usually you, you kind of like the Patriots too. It mm-hmm. it'd be fun to see what happens, but I'd also feel bad for him because he's got nothing to work with there. He's it'd definitely going to have to run, which also makes <laughs> me think that's why they yeah. take him because we need him right. to make his own plays until we figure something else out. Right, but it's also scary because, again, like you said, he's 6'4 and 2'10", maybe. So yep. he's done a good job of not getting hurt running the ball in college, but there's always that concern at the next level. Some of those quarterbacks are good. Like, look, Lamar Jackson has found a way to not really get hurt like Robert Griffin couldn't, right? And so that's a huge question mark. New England is such a mess, though, right now, dude. Like, you know, I almost want them to win themselves huge out mess. of taking a quarterback. I want them to win themselves out of taking kind a quarterback of. so that they can focus on the other things they need to before they get the quarterback in place because they're not a quarterback away this just like yeah. we talked about chicago last year not being a quarterback totally away. They feel like they might be now but no they're not it just oof it's a mess and i'm here for it because it's why we talk about this show and why it's intriguing because there's some teams where it's like well of course they're gonna take this guy then there's other teams where it's like it's it's a bit from liar liars like a goose you know it's like what are you gonna do right now because it's a crumpled up pile of whatever is what they're dealing with so that's that's New England, which for those of you who are old enough, and by old enough I mean probably right around what we are, right around forty, this is the New England you used to have of well, My maybe there's it. some hope. Yeah, but it's also a mess. Like outside of the one year that they that Drew Bledsoe got in the Super Bowl and they lost to, you know, Charles Woodson. Or sorry, not Charles Woodson, sorry. Um uh uh wow, that's where my brain's at right now. Um yeah. Desmond Howard. Jeez. Whew. The other Michigan guy won a Heisman recently, uh, but when they lost to Desmond Howard, the Green Bay Packers, it's that that was the old Patriots of they're not going to be good this year, and it feels like next year is a they're not going to be good this year for the New England Patriots, regardless of what they do. The Buffalo Bills haven't been good this year. I mean, they've been good, but then they've been bad, and they've been maddening, and they've been amazing, and they've lost to teams they should have lost to and beat some other teams. They have been. The, the most like toxic relationship you can have for a football team this year because of the, the tantalizing potential and the actual payoff has not been there for the Bills. But 
So maybe you could say they need everything. Maybe you could say they need nothing. But they, they could use, I, I said at one point, they could use a running back. It looks like they've got a running back. It looks like James Cook is the guy to an extent, even though he didn't help my fantasy team out last week. Um, they could use some help in the interior offensive line. They could use another corner. They could use another safety. Uh, they definitely need another wide receiver. We've been saying this for literally years now. JPU, even more so than me, that somebody other than Stephon Diggs needs to mm-hmm. be a, a a spot they target. They can always see some Kincaid defensive. helps, but geez. Right, Kincaid helps, but Kincaid also has fallen off the face of the earth the last few weeks. I think he's a little bit banged mm-hmm. up and Knox came back. So they have a lot of pieces, but one more wide receiver would make this offense, like one more wide receiver that you can rely on. No offense to Gabe Davis and the guys that are out there that are trying to, to grind for them. We, I respect anybody who can make an NFL roster and play and, and get on the field. So that has not, not been either of us. So we're by no means taking anything away from these guys and the grind that they're on. But a wide receiver that makes people respect more than just Stephon Diggs would be huge for them. And also interior defensive line. With where the Bills are picking at this point, which obviously is subject to change because they're in that quagmire of teams that are right in the playoffs, they're going to pick anywhere between like 20 and 30, depending on how things shake out most likely. That is a spot where you might be able to get a defensive lineman. So it could be one of the Texas boys. It could be maybe even uh, a Newton if he falls that far, or Taylor if you talk yourself into a, a Miami guy. Probably Newton's, not. Maybe 20, probably 10. not. No. Yeah, like and so it. that's my point. Uh, so maybe if you want to see if you can get Leonard Davis to come north and play in Buffalo, good luck with that with a Miami boy. But uh, that's the thing. It's like So they're kind of in that window. They're also in that window with wide receivers where you figure Leonard like Adunze is going to be gone. What was that? Leonard Davis, huh? I'm just saying, it's like people are talking themselves into him. You and I aren't quite as high in him as we were early in the season, but that's kind of where the fun part of the evaluation goes. I always thought his last name was Taylor. Well, you know what? Maybe it is. Definitely is. (laughs) Just kidding. Thank you for calling Uh, me out on that, man, because there's so many names that float around. Appreciate that. No, we need this. I need to be checked because uh, I'm going to blame congestion and also just my own inability to remember who the heck is who right now. Uh, That being said. It's the the cough medicine as meth in it that you're taking. Right, exactly. My my, my methicine. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No. So (laughs) looking at this team, though, dude. Uh, when we look at wide receivers going to be there at the end of the round, a Keon Coleman could hypothetically be there. But there's also if Troy Franklin. There are guys that are taller wide receivers, which would be you know the, the thing that they'd maybe want to target right there that seems like a good fit for this team towards the end of the first round. It really depends on where they shake out. That's my Buffalo Bills take. Slightly less confusing than your Patriots take, but still a team that's making people turn their head to the side and say what happened. So when I've gone to South Beach and talked about Miami before, I've talked about the big need for... A tight end for the luxury mm-hmm. pick. I've talked about the need for offensive line just to keep improving that and, you know, keep to a healthy and this and that. But I feel like mm-hmm. if we, I'm always, like, logical when I come to these things. When it can't, <laughs> comes to Miami, I'm not logical. Right. Like, why is it not occurred? To, like, I don't care what anybody says their team needs are. But, like, mm-hmm. they can score with anybody. And, like, right. they can score in a blink of an eye with Waddle and Hill and A-Chain. Like, what are we guys talking are about? Why would I ever say, why would I ever talk about offense being a need if they can score with anybody? Like when you look at their defense on paper, outside of Wilkins and uh, maybe Holland when he's healthy, like mm-hmm. who who are you like really just excited about? Chubb's kind of a cast off. All these other guys are somewhat overachievers. Ramsey's mm-hmm. window's closing. We haven't right. seen anything to get super excited about with Cam Smith. So like I, I like where Jalen Phillips is trending, but then he got hurt. Yeah, and he was hurt in college too. So like, mm-hmm. do you trust any of that? So really, what I'm getting at is Wilkins. Ooh, I'm a Van awesome. Ginkle fan. 
but another overachiever. Yeah, that's one of the overachievers. He's doing mm-hmm. fantastic. But do you trust that? So <laughs> best defensive player available, man. Like, right. But so let's break it down just a little bit. If they're going to be picking at the back end of the first round, mm-hmm. um, you're not taking any linebackers there. Um, there's not going to be any safeties you feel great about there. And I've already right. said Holland might be the second best guy you feel about, like good about. And like I said, Ramsey's window's closing. Who knows? Plus they went Cam Smith. So you can't give up on him. So defensive right. backfield, maybe another year or so. Right. So right. I guess all I'm trying to tailor this to is when you get to the back end of the first round, you could have some of these edge rushers that slide down a little bit, or you take a shot on like a, you know, like I think we think that, Verse and, and Turner and Latu are going to mm-hmm. go high, but you could be sitting there looking at a Braylon Trice. You could be look, maybe reach a little bit for a Broswell. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be going for any of the defensive linemen that we've talked about. I just think they should go defense because their offense they should go is not what's holding them back. Best D line or corner available, depending on how those two groups sure. shake out. And I, I was thought about saying a Terry on Arnold. I thought would be a great fit there, but. But depending I'm on where just, they're picking, he might not I'm be there. I'm just saying, the best player on defense, just grab him. Sure. Regardless of any position. Even if it were D-lineman, like I said. Because you got <laughs> Wilkins, but you got you got you can play two. But sure. I, I don't know. Just any well, best defense player available. Let's go ahead and flip the script and talk about the New York Jets, who don't need that much help on defense. But good Lord, do they need help on offense. I mean, it's <laughs> just looking through the position groups and what I've talked about. You, know, you could say they could use another interior defensive lineman, maybe, but then everything else, they need to tackle, they need interior line, they need a quarterback that's not 40 coming off and a, a reconstructed Achilles, although he's going to play at least next year. According to him, that's not his last season. We'll see. They need wide receiver help. They need to have best offensive player available for the Jets whenever they pick is is got to be the way that they do things. Now, the thing is, they're picking at eight. So that is Brock Bauer's territory. But that's also... Uh, some of the, the tackles, depending on how things shake down, you could end up with, with Talif Fuaga or something like that as a guy that can play pretty much anywhere on your offensive line. So that's a potential pick. You could grab even maybe a Dunze sits there at eight, depending on how things break down. So the good news for the Jets is they're so bad that they'll be able to address one of their positions of need because they need all of them on their offense to start off next year. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who think the one position they definitely need to upgrade is their offensive coordinator. <laughs> Maybe Nathaniel Hackett only plays well when he has Aaron Rodgers in there, like a lot of coordinators have played well when they have Aaron Rodgers in there, because as much as we don't like the man, he manages to run a good offense. Now, I, the one thing I can say is I don't foresee Aaron Rodgers being a coach in the future. That just doesn't seem like his vibe. I feel like he's going to want to be more the person who commentates and complains Jeopardy? about how guys aren't doing as well. Jeopardy potentially, yeah, right, could do that. Uh, but that's the thing. It's like, so Rogers makes coordinators look good, not the other way around is what it feels like as much as I'm annoyed with the man. So that being said, the Jets, best offensive player available. If Brock Bowers is there, take him. If Adunze is there, take him. If uh, one of the tackles that, that slides a bit is there, take him. Like if somehow Alt or Fashanu is there, there at eight because of the way the board fell, take them, knock over whoever you have to to get to the podium to take him, right? But that's where they're at. Their defense is doing all right. Their offense is a dumpster fire. There's a reason why they're 6-10, and 10 and it's not the defense. All right. I'm going to go to the Vegas Raiders here. Um, Raiders. Again, all of a sudden, logic has hit me, Dan. Uh-oh. I've been talking about quarterback because it's obvious they, they need a quarterback. I've, I've been You're talking not about sold quarterback. on the stash? 
No, but I, I'm also not going there because I do think that the team you just talked about, I think Devonta Adams gets traded to Potentially. the Jets. And I think they're going to find themselves in a rebuild mode, which is part of the reason I really wanted Max Crosby to be a Detroit Lion. But that's, <laughs> that's over for now. Fair. Um, but I think maybe, maybe if they trade Devonta Depending Adams, the that'll, call, that'll, that'll trigger the teardown and maybe it could be an offseason deal. Look at me bringing hope back for myself. But anyways... Let's just get logical. I'm not taking a quarterback here with them picking at 13. They're not going to get one of the big three. Um, I'm not going no. cornerback here. They're not a cornerback away. We got to. This is where we have to do what you and I would always do. They got to start building this thing from the inside out. Don't like this offensive line. I don't know. Go ahead. One of the big two aren't going to be there, but grab a Latham. Maybe shoot for the moon and grab a Mims. I don't know. Maybe if there's a great another great edge rusher there, there you go. That's my take. Latu Latu's injuries are going to slide a little bit. They're going to take the most productive edge rusher in the draft, get him so that they have the ability to trade Crosby to the Lions. There you go. I love it. How about that? <laughs> I'm on board. Yeah, just Crosby take a trench player. That's what I'm getting at. Take yep. a trench player. Start this thing from the inside out. You're done. You're cooked. Right. It's over. Yep. Agreed. 100%. I mean – this is a team that has a lot of things that need. Uh, dude, I I am on board with Antonio Pierce staying as the head coach. I yes, don't know if it'll happen 100%. or not. But, man, those guys like to play for him. If he doesn't get uh, the, the Raiders job right now, he will get uh, – I feel like he's going to get a coordinator position. I think he's, he's shown that he can run a job. team well enough. He's Again, he was just a linebacker's coach this year, but he's definitely going to get a coordinator position. And that man is going to be on a lot of people's lists of guy that I want to play for. And that's what he, you want he's in gotta a coach. Be. They got to right. hire him. Uh, you know well, they they're one of my favorite teams. I want him. Yeah. And he does seem like, honestly, he does seem like he's uh, a better fit. As much Plus, as Biasecchia was a good coach a couple of years ago with them, Pierce just seems like he fits a Raider culture, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. But And it also feels to me like there could be a dozen coaching jobs out there, and who's going to be like, I want the Raiders? Right, fair. No, and it's so just like get the guy. It, right? Yeah, like are they going to get any <laughs> – are they going to be on the wish list of any of the top – you know, like they, everyone says, Ben Johnson. Let's let's assume Ben right. Johnson leaves the Lions. Everybody's saying he's the top mm-hmm. candidate. Everyone's saying Jim Harbaugh is leaving, and he's like the next top guy. Neither one of those guys are choosing the Raiders. I'm sorry, not with the not. hot mess that's over there. No, so it just you've got a guy who's doing well there to sign him. Right. Yeah, they're made for each other, right? Uh, but yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I look forward to that working out, just because again. We always have guys that we like, we root for more than we root for other players and other teams, and so that's the hope there. A team that I don't root for, but I still cover it, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, man, it has been fun to watch Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey have to deal with adversity for the first time in so long for their careers. Uh, Again, Mahomes, I think, for the first time in his career. This will be the first time they make the playoffs, and he isn't the one seed having all games at home. So that's where it's interesting for them overall. When you figure out where they're going to be picking, they're going to be picking in the probably mid 20s, something like that. Uh, they could use help at corner. They could use help at linebacker. I still think edge rusher Karloftis is starting to round into form. Could be a spot where they could use some help too. Wide receiver, obviously, Rashi Rice is there. They could definitely target that because outside of Rashi Rice, no one else has stepped up as much as you'd like to see. Sky Moore hasn't really been the guy in the second year that they were hoping he would be. Um, and it's just, it's one of those things where I don't think MVS is, is the guy that they want him to be. So, you need more help in that position group, definitely. But then when you look at the rest of the team, safety could use a little bit of help there. 
D-line, again, interior, another spot where, man, it's a good thing that there's all these D-linemen that we are intrigued about because a lot of teams need them. But, dude, they need tackle. They tried to bring in two guys to to shore up that spot and make things happen for them on the offensive line. They tried to to basically take your two most important positions when you're on a team like this and throw in you know, more or less Juwan Taylor and Donovan Smith and then Wanya Morris has gotten a little bit of tick. They're all below average, dude. All three of these guys have shown so far that they cannot cope, and Juwan Taylor has been the biggest culprit with five sacks, six hits, 31 hurries. I mean, Pat Mahomes is finally experiencing what it's like to be a quarterback that has to not just stand there and sling the ball around. Juwan Taylor has 20 penalties, dude. 20. Oh, I know, and he should have about 40 because they didn't call anything in week one when Hutchinson was just getting – and in all of his false starts, he should have had seven right. of those in that game. Jesus. So, yeah, that's my point. This is a team that needs a tackle, but because of where they're picking, they're, the good news is it's a deep tackle draft, but if they take a tackle in the first round in 25-26, now you're starting to look at the Paul – uh, the Morgan-type guys at that point, which I think are going to be good tackles. But, man, you want to stick them in at left tackle with Pat Mahomes. That's that's a, a tough draw to start off your season. Wanya Morris might be a good tackle. I could see them trying to stick with him. Uh, but at the same time, Juwan Taylor's the right tackle, and he's been the worst tackle on this team right now that's played in any meaningful number of snaps. So it has to be tackle, but I just don't know what they're going to get with value at that position. You ready for me to be a, do one of my crazy hot takes and my homer Ooh. takes and the thing that Love might it. get some people raise some eyebrow takes? Love it. All right, so Denver here. Hear me out. Tell me if I'm crazy. Now, I, I know that this <laughs> Denver player, is we crazy. Don't, we don't know that he's coming out or – and I don't know if he's okay. going in the draft or not. Who knows? But we have recently learned that Denver is clearly done with Russell Wilson. <laughs> It's over. Uh, yeah. It's almost like they're willing to player, pay him eighty million just to go away. Anytime you bench um, a player, basically by saying the reason why we don't want you to play is because we're afraid you're going to get hurt and we're going to you're going to cost us money. That's a a break in your yeah. relationship. You cannot come back from this. And he's already basically like you know on social media like thanked people for the opportunity and more. right. He's gone. Okay. Yeah. Denver is not going into next year with Jarrett Stidham. Also, when you pay a quarterback like know. eighty million to go away, you're not going to go sign a like some washed up vet and try to strike lightning in a bottle like a Joe Flacco. <laughs> I mean, look, so uh, Sean Payton has a lot of history with a lot of guys. You know who could be coming there, man. You know who we're going to be have slinging it around. Old crab legs himself, famous Jameis. No. Here's what's going to happen, because Famous Jameis is the opposite of what Sean Payton has had success with. Sean Payton has had success with guys who can complete passes at a very, very high percentage. That is not any sentence that's ever – yep. It's a sentence that's never been used with Famous Jameis. You're going to make this happen, aren't you? Tell me it doesn't make sense for the type of player – He's going to look good in those jerseys, man. The type of player that Sean Payton likes to play with, the Mm -hmm. type of quarterback play that he likes, a little bit of mobility, right – a high completion percentage, safe football, uh, you know, like, come on. And then if they you, unleash him a little think, bit. You think that Sean Payton is sitting here being like, he's like Drew Brees, but taller. He can see over the linemen. Maybe. We haven't seen if he can air it out like Drew Brees has. But True. 
because they don't let him to. do it. But we'll see what happens against Bama. For those of you who haven't connected the dots, I'm talking about JJ <laughs> McCarthy. Yep, going might not the even Rocky come out. Mountain way. Yeah, he might not be coming out. But uh, hey, you know what? Tell, you better tell believe Sean and Jim have had a conversation about this guy at some point. Like, I just, there's tell. my conspiracy theory for you. They're, they've been texting about I mean, JJ. I'm just saying. Tell me, it doesn't make sense. No, it makes for what sense. Sean again, Payton likes. Payton likes those those quick hitting offenses where you can have a guy who's going to complete the ball at seventy percent, like Drew Brees was great and at he doing. He did it at seventy five percent. JJ's doing exactly. It right now. Well, seventy four point yeah. nine or something, whatever. And Russell has shown that that's not his strength either. It's just not how he's built as a quarterback. Also, he's not built that well as a quarterback. Dude's five eleven or whatever, right? So, yeah, JJ McCarthy is a cheap option for you in comparison to what you got right now with Russell. He's a more schematically styled option, and he he's worked on a team that runs the ball. So if Denver wanted to run the ball for a year or two while they get him comfortable with the way they play you know, the game, you're good to go if he Just comes saying. out. <laughs> there's, my, there's my crazy take. Go ahead. Well, and again, a lot of that's going to come down to how he does uh, in the playoff. As strange as that is that it's going to be oh, one yeah. or two games that makes a difference for him, that just seems like the vibe that's coming out of everybody right now is, well, if JJ does well, whatever. Okay, too much talk on everybody else. Chargers, they need all kinds of help. I literally am looking at the, the list, and I still think it's the same. They need help at literally every position group. A lot of that is going to depend on who they have as their head coach next year and where they're going with the scheme, so to speak. But the Chargers are picking sixth right now, which means they're going to get a good offensive lineman, or they're going to grab a great wide receiver, or they're going to grab Brock Bowers. But it's going to be most they likely They won't grab offense. a wide receiver after they just maybe struck out on Quentin Johnson. I don't know what's going on. He's flashed <laughs> at times. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But again, the Chargers picking where they're at right now, I would have to think you're either taking you're taking best player available, and it could be defense or offense at this point. And I mm-hmm. really feel like it's going to be either be Bowers or it's going to be one of uh, they could be taking you know one of the uh, one of the edge rushers potentially they could be taking uh, a wide receiver but they need help across the board on this team they could be taking uh, again uh, maybe Alter or Fashan is sitting there and they they don't want to pass that up so the Chargers are lost right now sorry Brad Brad one of his favorite teams they're just they're mm-hmm. a lost franchise in need of direction but and he's happy because they... he wanted them to clean everyone out of the coaching staff and the front <laughs> office he wants it that all happened. gone he wants yeah, it all that happened yep. this is this is a team that needs to tear it down their Eckler's going to be gone after this year uh they need to tear it down it just is what it mm-hmm. is for them so best player available definitely all right Little beer break for you. Halftime. You ready for that other odd side Al that I uh, saved Let's for the SM? Dude, it, it was called The Dark of Night. I had Sounds stared great. at this one for a couple weeks and I was like, nah, I've already had that one. I'm good. Sounds great though. And then I went and checked my untap. I'd never had it. Or you did and you forgot to rate it. It's possible. It's very possible. But I'll tell you what. Wow. Did I enjoy this one? And I did. Dan, it's good, man. You got to get this yeah. one. It's like a it's like a six or seven dollar beer, but I gave it a four point oh. Okay, it didn't okay. feel. I know that chocolate's one of the notes on here, and mm-hmm. and maybe I'd have to try it again. Maybe I got a lucky can or something. I don't know. For a seven dollar beer, it better be good. Yeah, it didn't feel like it was artificial chocolate. The chocolate wasn't over. You could taste it. It wasn't overwhelming, mm-hmm. but I think what might have done it. And I didn't get a lot of the the coffee vibes in this, but it's a barrel mm-hmm. age, and, and there's from rye whiskey. 
Okay. Right? I told you we're talking about presidential brewing. Huh? You know I'm we a right guy. We both like that. So what I think happened, what I was tasting is I was getting the oak and the rye and the, the, mm-hmm. spicy, the spiciness of that and right. the earthiness of that balanced with the chocolate made it not like a sweet chocolate, more like the cocoa, like the dark chocolate, like the nice. cooking chocolate almost. So it didn't give me those sweet things that I don't like so much, but there's a little <laughs> bit there. It's not a lot. Right. And I do just the rye and the oak and the bourbon punch and... It was really well balanced. I I might go back. I you know what I, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. I'm going to buy another one to see if it's consistent. And two cans are right. both that good. So if you see the dark of night by odd side and anything that I just said sounds like your flavor profile, spend the seven bucks. Yeah, I may have to go out and, and grab one of those just to to see how how spot on you are with that. But I went down to Indianapolis and. Hung out with some friends and had myself a couple beverages because whenever I'm in a new town or a town I just don't get to too often, I got to try beer from the local places and see what it's all about, right? So we're at a place called Sam Silver Circle, which, I mean, alliteration aside, uh, definitely the kind of bar you want to go to if you're in the neighborhood with people you know. It is very much a a hometown kind of neighborhood bar in a nice neighborhood that's kind of southeastern part of Indianapolis. So you're out of the downtown area and the conventions and all that stuff. Love it. Thankfully enough, we are in a big enough deal at this point to where they're going to get flooded with business. But check out Sam Silver Circle. They got like they got the Sports Illustrated covers everywhere, all like the the license plate type stuff. It's very kitschy. It's a good time. They've also got some good beer on tap there. One that I had from Daredevil Brewing was the Liftoff IPA. Dude, you'd appreciate this. It's an American IPA, and it's definitely in the uh, the vein of the hoppy ones. Like this one comes at you with some bitterness and some hops, and just slaps you in the face in. in the best way possible, right? I gave it a 325. It was good. It wasn't great for me. You probably would have liked it even more than me because as much as I like the hops, it was it was more than I was expecting because I think I've been having so many beers that have been toning down some of the bitterness. This one's jumping right back in there and saying, no, you're, you are lifting off and we are a daredevil when it comes to this. So definitely a, a tasty one to try if you're in the indie area. But then the one that I liked even better from Chili Water Brewing Company. It's an IPA as well. And this is Blood on the Tracks. It's a blood orange IPA. And you and I both love ourselves some blood orange. Love and this it. was very blood orange forward, but not in a bad way. It wasn't it wasn't fake. It didn't feel artificial, but it it was like we just grabbed a blood orange and squeezed it into your drink and let's go to town. If they would have actually had blood orange on the side, oh, it might have even had a higher than a 350, but a, a 3.5 is what I ended up giving that one. And if you get the chance to check out Chili Water Brewing Company down in Indy, get yourself a blood orange. Blood on the Tracks IPA, and you will be a happy beer drinker. There's no doubt about that. Let's jump into the NFC. Let's go out west. Give me some hot takes on Uninas. Dude, I got nothing. I've got nothing, Dan. Seriously. I mean, you look at this team, man. Like, their biggest needs, I, I they don't have any big needs. I'm... <laughs> I said it last time. It was offensive tackle and defensive back. That's that's probably still very much true. But dude, everything they're doing—they've got so much depth. It's not even funny. And a lot they of built places, the team well. I mean, they built the team well. Uh, but especially on the defense, I think I'm just going to say best offensive player available. Despite you know you could have one of those really great corners available at the end of the first, which. Maybe they go that route, but I'm mm-hmm. not just talking about the first round. I think the majority of their draft should be 
spent on offense because I just look at this defense. It's the best defense in the league. Like, think about what their edge rushers, they have Bosa and Chase Young, and then they got mm-hmm. some other guys who had high ceilings that didn't pan out just as rotation guys, which is probably perfect for them. And like <laughs> Cleveland Farrell and Randy Gregory. On the right. interior, you got Armstead and Hargrave and Kinlaw. Linebackers, I've often said they got like the best ones in the league with Greenlaw and Warner. Their DBs, we talked about Browns turning it around. Sure. It's a, and they pick, they got Logan Ryan again, another cornerback <laughs> that was, you know, good, very good for New England. He's getting a little older, but now he can just rotate in and out and be solid. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They just got so much depth. It's got to be some something on offense just to – I don't know. I don't even know why I'm saying that because they put up points too. Dan, they can do whatever <laughs> they want. Again, I'm back sure. to where I started. I have mm-hmm. nothing. Take the best player available just because you can. This is a different go. take than like New England. It's not take the best player available because you need everything. This is take the best player available because you don't need anything. I, their biggest need is probably O-line. I think maybe that's where you go just to make sure that Purdy stays healthy and has mm-hmm. time to throw and – you know, CMC stays healthy and has lanes. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that take. And I think the biggest part of that is uh, you, you're planning for the future now. So you've got Trent Williams, who's 35. So he might have another five years in him like Whitworth did. He might also right. be done after next year. So, yeah, line makes sense. Seattle Seahawks, well, they're in a similar position where they don't need a ton of stuff. They do need more than the Niners do. Um, they could use help in the interior of the O-line. They could definitely use help at tackle. The quarterback situation is a bit unsettled because they could move on from Geno if they feel good about Drew Locke, but neither of those guys are more, in my opinion, than a couple year down the road kind of fix. I don't see either of them being uh, your franchise quarterback, so that's something we'll have to address at some point, but probably not necessarily in this draft, certainly not in the first round. Tight end could use a little bit of help. Edge rusher could use a little bit of help. You know, corner could use like, little bits and pieces here and there, but they're good on the, the top level, but then they don't necessarily have the next couple, right? D-line, interior D-line is another team that needs interior D-line help. They need linebacker help. They need safety help. So the challenge to that is those are the position groups, linebacker and safety, that aren't ones we really want to put a first-round grade on guys. And the if they're sitting at 21 it makes sense for d-line and so that's kind of where i'm gonna go with seattle it just it's not as complicated of a take as you got with the niners seattle interior d-line grab whichever guy you like in that spot plug him in and let boy mafia and the other guys run around on the outside all right uh, go to la here you know last time i was talking about o-line and corner i kind of think that uh, stafford might hang around for a little bit um yep the offense has been moving the football pretty well. It opens things up a little bit for them, but I think, let's see, they're probably making the playoffs, so they're Likely. they're going to be picking. Yeah, we're probably playing Detroit, which means they're going to get bounced early, Dan. Ah. Uh, so if they're picking mid twenties, though, like I don't know, this is right in that area where I think I'm going to switch and maybe maybe if they really want to, you know, if they're they're a playoff team, if that's true, and they can do that then I'm leaning more towards the edge rusher route. Maybe this is like mm-hmm. a, a spot where you get the 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 Broswell that I talked about there. Um, just any of the edge rushers that may slide down. Right. Um, I, I, it's either it definitely that feels or the like defense is the focus yeah, for this team. Though. That's kind of getting at too because I, I was going to say if they're in the first round, they could go edge or O-line, but later at some point I think they should shoot their shot and take the value with the running backs. It seems like what – the Rams have been doing lately they wait and take the players where their value is best that's how they got right. all these great picks later so uh, to me I think the 
running backs, what I'm excited to see. Because we said defense, but I think you do that early because you know that you can help sure. the offense a ton by getting a very, very good running back later on. Well, they on. feel like they've got him with Kyron Williams, though, too. So I could see yeah, them addressing that, but later on. Every team yeah. does two these days now. Right, let's, exactly. Let's, come on, but Kyron's got to seems like too. Yeah, it seems like a third, fourth round thing for them to do, though, yep. definitely. The Arizona Cardinals, uh, I have a very quick take for them, for their first round at least. Trade the pick. I'm sorry. You need more <laughs> than Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes, it'd be great. Sure, that'd be a good option for you if uh, a quarterback goes one. But most people look at this quarterback draft class and say, Drake May and Caleb Williams in some combination. You're not moving on from Kyler Murray. He actually plays well when he's healthy, right? You need more than just a wide receiver, so don't do it. Although, if you are there, take Marvin Harrison, sure. But they need interior O-line. They need corners. They need linebackers. They need interior D-line. They need edge rusher. They need so much stuff in Arizona that it would be a better choice for them to trade that pick, even to go back to 8 or 9 or whatever, somewhere there, find a team that really wants to jump up for a quarterback, and then gather assets and have more picks for the next couple of years. So that's it. Trade the pick, take Marvin Harrison otherwise. Moving on. You know, I'll go to Dallas here, and last time I talked about O-line and cornerback, and I do still think those are their biggest needs, but I talked about those last time, and I've been trying to trend towards more of the, the middle rounds for today's show, but you know what? I joked about Troy Franklin earlier, and maybe they can get Troy Franklin in the second. I don't think so. But I'll tell you what, you know who they could get in the second round? And tell me how awesome it fits these would be to pair with my guy, C.D. Lamb, because wide receiver is a need for them. I'm focusing on some of the big fellas that play a little differently than C.D. What about Adonai Mitchell, 6'4", 196? What about Brian mm-hmm. Thomas Jr., 6'4", 205? What about Xavier Leggett, 6'3", 227? What they about tall, get- large receivers? <laughs> yeah, that are good and have no business being in the second round only because mm-hmm. this draft is so deep. So what I'm saying is is they could go one of their biggest needs in the first round and still get a first-round draftable wide receiver in the second. So right. I'm just saying Dallas needs to go big wide receiver in the second. And, man, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, and it should be an interesting uh, thing for them because, again, Dallas is not the team that I want to like. I just can't till Jerry's gone. I've told you that before. I'm going to say it again. I will say it until Jerry's gone. told me that today. And I'm not saying Jerry needs to die. I'm not trying to say that. I just want him gone from the team. That's what I'm saying. I just want him gone from the team. I'm hoping that he just hands over, you know, the the stuff, right? I'm just hoping he hands over control of the team to to the kids maybe. And then we just have him, you know, being all ornery and curmudgeonly in the box or something. But he's not that kind of man. He will be there until the day he dies, which is unfortunate for people like me that want to root for the Cowboys but can't root for Jerry Jones. So there you go. I'm not sure how large. I might, I might be in some silent majority. I don't know. We'll see. The Washington Commanders, oh, my goodness. Uh, they at least got rid of their owner that was toxic, so that's good. But now they're probably going to get rid of their head coach, probably maybe even the GM. They might be trying to get rid of their stadium. Uh, who knows? This is such a mess. This entire franchise is a mess, and you can see some light at the end of the tunnel with the changes that they're making. But, dude, the good news for them is they're sitting in the third pick right now because they need help everywhere. This is another team that if you and I were building the team, we would trade the pick. Sam Howell has at least shown that he is serviceable at quarterback mm-hmm. for another season for you. You trade the pick, you grab a bunch of assets, you roll from there. Maybe you take one of those quarterbacks, depending where you trade back to, 
You can trade one of those quarterbacks uh, for one of those quarterbacks later on. If it's a JJ or a Penix or Knicks or whatever, maybe in the later end of the round, because we're not sure how it's all going to shake out. And then you put yourself in position to add pieces where you need them. But they're sitting at three. Maybe they take a quarterback there, which is a bad idea, but maybe they do it because new regime, new quarterback, etc., all that kind of stuff. Uh, it would be hilarious if they took Jaden Daniels just because the last time they took a mobile quarterback and he had a great first season and then wrecked himself and never played well again. So we're hoping that doesn't happen, obviously, for him because I like Daniels. But, man, this team needs wide receiver. They need interior O-line. They could use a tackle because they brought one in that's okay and the other one's eh, whatever. They could use edge rusher because they gave him all away uh, for some picks. They could need linebackers. They need everything best player available and don't shoot yourself in the foot by taking a quarterback that's not going to be ready for the dumpster fire of a team that you have you're going to waste the first three years of his rookie contract hoping to figure out if he's any good when you have nothing to show for him being able to be good because your team stinks around him so another team just like Arizona trade the pick if you can if Arizona doesn't trade the pick trade the pick (laughs) All right, I'm going to take it to New York here. Um, feel free to chime in on this one if Stop you want to. Stop going away with here. that. So here's the thing. You know, where they're picking, if one of the quarterbacks make it there, it's obviously a no-brainer. But sure. if, they do, if they don't, then it still feels like a no-brainer of even if he wanted to go offensive tackle, it's kind of sort of maybe a no-brainer still. We'll see. But they could go get one of the wide receivers as well. Mm-hmm. But – it's pretty easy take to me. Foot. I mean, if they go quarterback, <laughs> if they go quarterback, then the second round you grab a wide receiver, you get one of the like, top yeah, guys that's guys. still for yeah. If you go offensive line in the first, guess what? In the second round, you're still going wide receiver. So with me saying right. it out loud, I feel like no matter what, they don't grab a Nadunze or a neighbors, even though it might be tempting. I think you go quarterback or O line right right in the top of the first, because sure. in the second you're gonna get another wide receiver. And you know what? It's not the worst thing in the world if they went O-line and grabbed a stud wide receiver and then were just still terrible and then have a high pick next year and the quarterback walks into a great offensive right. line with some weapons. You know who wants them to maybe, take a – Maybe uh, they end up getting Sam Howell staying in the division. I don't know. <laughs> you know who wants them to take O-line wide receiver the first two picks? I mean, Danny uh, Dimes wants that. Tyrod Taylor wants sure. that. Tommy DeVito yeah. wants that. All three of sure. those guys would love to see that. All three of them would be able to stay up right a little better. But, yeah. yeah. Look Daniel at how Jones Dan knows that. the whole QB room of his favorite team. Because they've all played this year. Uh-huh. You, you just leave that last bit out of your dirty mouth when you talk about that team. All right, let's move on from the team you seem to think I love to a team I actually do like quite a bit more than you do, and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are another team that we talked about. Man, they're they're pretty stacked across the board, and they're going to be picking somewhere near the back end of the round. So another best player available kind of situation, much more like San Francisco than like uh, what you're you're talking about with teams like Washington. Now the question mark is where do they go with that pick? You've got talent at a lot of spots, but corner is one area where they can definitely upgrade with who they're they're working with right now. I feel like on the offensive side of the ball, they're okay in the receiving room. It, it, their running back situation seems like it's good with DeAndre Swift, depending on how they want to go about his contract. Uh, but when you look at, at the offensive line, they could definitely look at an upgrade there potentially. Uh, but I feel like for the most part, the, the area that, that really stands out as the biggest need is probably corner. Because outside of Darius Slate, the rest of them have been inconsistent. So you bring another corner in there at the end of the first round that's probably in that 
uh, Arnold-ish range, maybe TJ Tampa, something like that. Uh, it'll definitely help out. And Tampa feels like the kind of guy that the Eagles might want if they can't draft a Georgia player. So, All right, Tampa Bay. You know what? Um, I think it's pretty clear that uh, I can take the quarterback off because where they're drafting, I mean, yeah, I guess maybe they could take the Knicks or Penix. <laughs> Baker's like coming back. About, but they're bringing Baker back, and they're bringing yeah, Baker you. back because they think they can compete and win that division, which they can't, obviously, because right, it's, it's not a great division. But um, if that's the case, then they're not going to start developing a quarterback. They're playing to win that division and see what can happen. They're not hanging right. it up yet. So if that's the case, they got to go edge rusher, man. They, ha- they have to easy. go edge rusher. They're going to be picking a little later because they're probably winning that division. But, you know, like I, I think that's what they have to do in, in the first round, at least. I mean, later on, maybe they could, it could go corner. Either way, what I'm getting mm-hmm. at is I think they got to go all defense. And I think, the you know, we'll see what happens with White and David. Their play hasn't been quite as great lately. But um, mm-hmm. I think it's got to be edge rusher and DB. Well, they could even go safety on it. But, I mean, they – it's they could be looking at the all the guys we talked about, like the Broswells, the the right. Trices. I mean, heck, the style of defense that they play. I hate that guy, but Chop Robinson. <laughs> yeah, true. Huh? Then maybe that's mm-hmm. a guy they could get in the second round if they go DB early. No. Maybe they get. Oh, here's what it Shop's is. Chop's gonna go in the first. We know that. If he if he slides, tell me how perfect of a fit Cooper DeGene would be there. Oh, yeah. If, Cooper would be amazing. But Cooper yeah. is a possibility because of where people are, are rating the corners right now. Cooper at 20 is a possibility. Yeah, let's go with that. Who you got next, sir? You'd love that. You'd love that I because would. then you'd be able to root for your boy, and you get to see Cooper in a creamsicle every once in a while. Yep. Let's New Orleans it. Saints, they don't do creamsicles. They've uh, been very standard with their look for a long time. Uh, you know what? This is another team that's such a weird take because – they're in that South division where they're a game out of first place right now, but they're also seven and eight. And so that's just, that's that kind of team, right? It's like, it's just, you feel just bleh, talking about where things are at with the Saints because they put themselves in salary cap purgatory so often that you knew it was going to come to them at some point and they still managed to stay competitive, which is great for them. But also it's like this team just screams that they need a rebuild all the time and yet they never do and they still manage to be at least mediocre, right? So when you look at this team and what they need, they need another wide receiver, although A.T. Perry seems like he's starting to get his legs under him a little bit, which would be great for them, but you can't trust Michael Thomas. So you have Lave and then a bunch of question marks. Uh, they need interior O-line help. They need interior D-line help because Brian Brze, my boy, is just not taken to the game the way we'd like him to so far. He looks a little soft, too, so he needs to make some different choices, in my opinion, there. Uh, and then linebacker safety are other spots where they can use some help. They've gotten a little better corner of Paulson Adebo, a guy that I just absolutely lit up over the course of last year, has had a much better season. Dude's ranking an 81 right now on Pro Football Focus, even though he's tapered off here the last few weeks of the season. Uh, but again, he's still playing better, which is something that they definitely needed, but Man, New Orleans is in a weird spot with where they're picking because right now they're at 11. They might get a win this week, which would bump them up to like 18, right? So if they're if they're picking around 11, Jerzon Newton could be a fun pick for them to maybe have at that spot. You could get one of the wide receivers. You could look at one of the edge rushers. You're not going to do linebacker. You're not going to do safety. But I would say somewhere in that D line makes a lot of sense for them to try to grab somebody at the 11th pick, depending on how things shake out for them. All right, Carolina here, Dan. <laughs> Guess what? We still don't get to talk about the first round pick here, but um, Do they need a quarterback. This, this entire team, 
by the front office, I guess, because uh, the, the, I feel like coaching staff's all just, yeah, coaching um, staff's gone. Yeah, um, Ben well, Johnson. They got it. They have to try to make this look like it wasn't one of the worst decisions in recent memory <laughs> with Bryce Young. So yep, with that first pick of the second round, they dude they got to go wide receiver. Um, don't know that it even matters what style of wide receiver they just whatever your preference is. I mean. I personally think Keon Coleman could be sitting there. I think that'd be a pretty good fit. Who yeah. knows? But it could be an Adonai. It could be a Franklin. It could be Legat. Any, any of these guys we've been talking about. I don't know. Totally Take guy. a wide receiver there. But just in effort to – because I think the O-line's okay. Eh. And you, you got to keep punting the defense But um, to me because they have to try to make Bryce Young successful. So you grab that yep. wide receiver at the top of the second. And I'm sorry, at the top of the third – just to take some pressure off him. I'm not sold on Chuba or Miles. No. So if we know you can get the value at running back there, imagine if they were able to get like a super safe guy that they could just ground and pound. What if they got Braylon Allen at the top of the third? <laughs> what if they just I went all see, I want to see Bryce Young standing next handing to off Allen. to Braylon Allen. I want to stand next to him and hand it off to him. It's like it's like, yeah. it's like when you're playing with your three year old brother, you know, out there and you just he's giving you. So the maybe ball. maybe they'll go all small. Maybe they'll go Blake Corum. Maybe it'll be Blake Corum back there. Oh yeah, because then Bryce would feel like okay, I'm handing off to someone my size. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's got thirty know. pounds. I think they got they got to <laughs> give him some skill players to try to help him out. because yep. it's just what I feel. Yep, and they need a different system. I mean, I love Frank Reich as a coach. It just didn't work out. Uh, and they, they could definitely use some guys on the inside of their O-line as well to help out with that. And I'm sorry, your boys Chandler Zavala needs to, to get better yep. for next year. Looking forward to him having a better season. Atlanta Falcons are one of those teams, dude, that's this whole division outside of Carolina. The other three teams are all like, we could be good. We're not yet, but we could be. Quarterback is their obvious need right now. And sitting at 10, it'll be interesting to see what they do because they could grab a guy there that's not going to be Jaden Daniels or the other two. So are you comfortable with a Bo Nix, Quinn Ewers, Michael Penix Jr. at 10? Or not, no, Quinn Ewers, sorry, J.J. McCarthy. Quinn Ewers maybe too, right? No, he's coming back. But uh, it's like it's 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 a weird spot to try to draft a quarterback this year because you could get a value pick there. You could get a really good player like Bo Nix would be fun in that offense with the talent that they have around him. Michael Penix would be fun in that offense if he can stay healthy, right? And then there's people talking about trading for Justin Fields. Maybe do you trade the 10th pick for Justin Fields? I don't. Because you're gonna have to pay the man after this year, right? But it's, and that's the thing. Atlanta could have drafted him when they drafted him, and they didn't. So that's a big piece. At ten, though, they could also go edge rusher. They could also go wide receiver. Those are the three areas where I'd be curious to see what they're gonna do. Edge, wide receiver, quarterback. Depending on how the board falls, one of the best edge rushers will be there for them. I think at ten, one of the better wide receivers should be there for them at ten. But you're looking at the fourth quarterback potentially. So. I think they're going to go edge or wide receiver and then punt quarterback at least a round. Because in the second round at the 10 spot, Bo Nix could still be there. Bo Nix in the second round and a Dunze or Neighbors or somebody like that in the first round. Holy wow, would that offense be fun at least. All right. Well, let's go to the north and start to put a bow on this show here. Okay. So Minnesota, who I always start with here, it's it's obvious to me they need quarterback. And, dude, mm-hmm. they might – they're arguably – the most quarterback ready team too. Agreed. So two wide receivers. The thing is, tight end is hopefully coming back from an injury. You think there's any chance? Finally, people don't like super overdraft all the quarterbacks, and they have a shot at either Bo Nix or Michael Penix in the second round, so that they could go somewhere in the front seven in the first round. Well, the problem we front have with four. that is 
I literally just talked about a team that's going to be picking five picks in front of them, hoping that one of those two guys is there in the second round. So I am going to go ahead and say no, <laughs> unfortunately, okay. with where they're picking, because in the second round, Minnesota's at 46. Maybe, but I really think that it would be on the lower end of the probability scale that either of those two guys are still sitting there. Could be. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some dream scenario then fun then. To, to wrap up Minnesota, here's what sure. I'm going to say. If they're picking around 15 or so, let's give them a Jared verse in the first round, and let's say that Michael Penix's medical history and the, the combine medical testing makes him slide a little bit, and he stays in purple. What if they get verse and Penix? Dude, I like that for Minnesota. I really do. Verse just feels like you know the evolutionary Jared Allen to an extent of the type of guy that they love there. I mean, I'm not saying he's the same type of talent to that level, but... Yeah, it just seems like the right fit. Verse to Minnesota for me on a quick hot take, not thinking too deeply about it. Love it. And Penix, I've always wanted to put him in purple because, again, I really get the Warren Moon vibes from him who played in purple for a little bit both with the Huskies and with uh, with Minnesota. Let's roll with it. Finally do this Bears take now that we already started. Oh, my goodness. Early. We did. We already started the Bears take. And, again, they're, they're picking first, which is hilarious in so many levels. They have all kinds of options. I would still explore trading this pick. Because, again, you never know who's going to come up and offer you something insane that you can't pass up. Because you don't have to make a call on Justin Fields till after this season. You don't have to move on from him now. You want to move on from him now because you think you got generational talent coming your way. So you pick the quarterback and, and go from there. But Chicago's offense seems like they're close to being a quarterback away. They could use another wide receiver as well, there's no doubt. But their offensive line is getting better. They could use a tackle. Which is why, at the one spot, they can do whatever they want. If they trade back to... Five, or I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm looking at this the the Jets at eight or whatever. If they trade back to those spots, now you're grabbing a tackle and going from there. But at the one spot, if they stay there, they're taking the quarterback. They're resetting the quarterback clock. It's going to be Caleb Williams or it's going to be Drake May, depending on how they feel about it. And it cracks me up. The Chicago Bears fans, which I am one of, but I'm a little more sober one, uh, might go apoplectic to see another North Carolina quarterback get taken over somebody else they may have liked better, which would be hilarious on so many levels. But that's it. They're in the one spot. Take a quarterback. Reset the clock. Move on. Unless someone's going to give you an amazing haul. Because... As much as Marvin Harrison Jr. is wonderful, and there's a lot of Bears fans that want him to take Marvin Harrison and then not worry about the quarterback situation until next year, wide receivers don't win the MVP. They just don't in the NFL. Very seldomly, right? Even though they should this year. We talked about that, too, with Tyreek. Quarterbacks do. Yeah. Quarterbacks do. And while some people, and again, the guys in the locker room are saying all the right things about Fields, and I think Fields can still be a serviceable quarterback in the NFL, but Justin Fields on a $40-plus million-a-year contract, which is what he'd sign because everybody does, at least that. I mean, even Daniel Jones is getting $40 million a year on a shorter contract. Justin Fields at $40 million, or Caleb Williams at 9 or Drake May at 9 I'm, I'm guessing. I can't remember exactly what the slot pays, but you get the idea. Uh, which is going to be better for your team building forward for the next five years when you're trying to contend and knock the Lions out of the top spot in the NFL uh, in the North, the NFC North? So that's kind of my take. They need help at other spots. They got one edge rusher, so that's good. They could definitely use help on the interior offensive line. Maybe you want to grab another tackle, uh, definitely in another wide receiver. Uh, could use uh, their linebackers are all right. But that's the thing. It's like the big question right now is what do they do? Who's going to be able to make that choice? Is Eberflus seems like he's got the defense rounding into form. So the offensive side of the ball is where you focus. What direction do you go? 
you and I are both on board with most of the time. If you have the number one pick and you can trade it for a haul, you do it. Which I think the Bears could get for this one, but I don't know if they will. Otherwise, take the quarterback, reset the clock, move on. All right, I'll start with the little take on the, the team we share here with, with Packers. Um, you know, in it's a no-brainer to me forever. It just feels like J.C. Latham is the perfect fit in the first round, so I'm not even going to go there. But I'm mm-hmm. going to go to the second round here, and, I'm, dude, with everything Detroit's got going on, it seems a team that you got to knock off now with, with the Sun God, with Laporto, right. with J-Mo figuring it out, and then – You've got arguably the best wide receiver in the league in Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. They have to address this secondary. And I'm going to break your heart a little bit, Dan. I'm going to say in the second round, I think a perfect fit because while they need cornerback help, while they need safety help, I'm just going to go a guy who, you know, is a better coverage safety and give him Kalen Bullock. Oh, okay. Well, I I thought you were going to give him TJ Tampa. I'd be more sad about that. But Bullock, yeah. No, Bullock, I think, is a guy that could help. I think he could help and be exactly what they need back there, and it'll give him a little something different because Bullock's allegedly like six three, and that'll be a little different and it'll match mm-hmm. up better against some, maybe not against St. Brown, but it would certainly sure. help him with someone like Justin Jefferson or if he's covering Laporta because he's a safety. You're not really going to put a safety on uh, Laporta. You're not going to put a safety on St. Brown anyway. But all right, what's your right. take? Well, no, I, I agree with you. I think that the secondary is is a huge spot for them to have to address because. You're, you're just looking at the the way that they're getting gashed out there. And, and that's the thing. I mean, like, you feel like you've found an okay quarterback in, in love. He's not been amazing, but he's been good enough, certainly. And he's rounded into form, so to speak, over the course of this season. He's gotten better as the year's gone on. But when you look at their team and where, like, the, the issues are for them, like if you look at, at Pro Football Focus and all the numbers and things like that, uh, the interior D-line is a spot where they could probably use some help but yeah, safety, corner, uh, and with Jair Alexander being as weird as he's been lately, he might not even be on the team next year, who knows, uh, they need help in the secondary, and I really don't want them to take a secondary in the first round, and I'd really love for them not to take one in the second round so we can watch that guy explode. <laughs> Again, those of you have heard us talk about, oh boy. There's, a, there's a blogger for the Packers that went absolutely nuclear when they traded the pick to the Lions where they took Brian Branch, because that man wanted Brian Branch so bad, but yeah. The uh, the way that their team is trending outside of the offensive line, because that's the other spot where they could definitely use some help because we don't know what Bakhtiari is going to be doing, if he's going to be yeah, healthy or even playing next year. And after you get past him, Zach Tom's been all right, and everybody else has been kind of is about the best I can say for most of the rest of their offensive line. So at first round, it uh, seems like that would be the right pick for them to make it 12. They should be able to get one of the better tackles in there, and then maybe you address that secondary in the second round be interesting to see all i know is i want to see that guy melt down again no offense bud we appreciate hey that's all right all right i'm gonna i'll lead out here with the with our with our squad man okay with the lions so my take has changed a little bit while i desperately Uh, uh, desperately uh, am the the nfc north champion detroit yes yes that's (laughs) correct first time we say that go ahead well my take has changed a little bit i desperately really really want Hutch to have a partner in crime uh, on the edge. I don't know how they're going to sort that out, but here is kind of where my, my head is at. And maybe I'll sort that out here. I'll go too deep, but I'll go quick. So 
Sutton has not been as good as I had hoped he would be. He's kind of been what I yeah. thought he was going to be. I thought he was overhyped coming from Pittsburgh, but I was hoping for different. He hasn't been bad, just not what everybody thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, Jerry Jacobs has been benched in favor of the split time of Vildor and Dorsey here. Neither one of those guys, you saw me freaking out, have really impressed me mm-hmm. at all. And I love Brian Branch in the nickel, so I don't want to move him. Right. So it's very apparent to me that we need a cornerback, and I think that has yes. now taken top need over Ed Rusher to me. So here yes. would be my current current dream draft for the first two rounds, subject to change. I do <laughs> Terry and Arnold at the end of the first, and then the love guy it. I covered on the last episode is an Ed Rusher that I think you can get in the second. Give me Jonah Ellis. Sure. And, and, again, that would be a great spot for Jonah Ellis because he doesn't have to be the guy. He can be Correct. the other guy because he's not the size, maybe, of a guy that you want to be the guy. And when you look at this team and how it's been put together, Melifano has been playing well at safety lately, and that's nice to see. And so, again, lockdown corner, second edge rusher, agree with you 100%. The only other thing they need to figure out is what they're going to do at the guard position. But apparently you can get our boy Cooper Beebe, who we love in the first round, which is yeah, whatever, however it's going to shake out. You can still get him in, like, the fourth round. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah. That's the take on the Lions. What's your take on the game tonight? Can they beat Dallas? Um, it's going to be tough in Dallas. If it were at home, I'd say they're going to beat them. This is one of your 50-50 toss-up games. Here's what I'll say. Uh, Detroit will hang with them, I think, for sure in the first half. I think the third quarter is going to determine whether they beat them because Detroit's like the worst third-quarter team in the entire league. And if they come out, <laughs> if they have any time, I almost want them to be behind at halftime. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, so they come out with if, more fire. If they have there. any type of lead go, coming out of the half, then they do that run, 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 punt the whole third quarter. And then the fourth <laughs> quarter, they're like, uh-oh, we could lose this thing. Right. And then they magically get back to what works. I don't want to see that typical. If they play their usual third quarter, they're not going to win this game. If well, they I've got an, ch- change the script, they can win it. i got a quicker, easier take for you. The Lions and the Cowboys, it's going to be a great game. It's going to come down to the end. The Lions are going to get screwed by the refs like they always do against the Cowboys. There you go. I hate. I hate. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. We'll see you guys in the new year next time. We'll draft draft.